Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. This week, David by Katrina Basnet. He hops over the back fence and he's gone. I watch him run down the sidewalk, turn a corner, and disappear into the wilds of the city. He's only 16. He shouldn't be out there all by himself. I want to be angry, but all I feel is an aching nothing. I remember meeting him for the first time, holding Dad's hand tight, tight, tight. I refused to hold the baby because I was sure I would break him. I don't know what I was trying to accomplish coming here. I just got a call from a friend of his who said they'd seen him with other people in this community playing field. My little brother has only been gone two weeks. People are still actively looking for him, and here I've found him, only to lose him again. I stand in the field for a long time, feeling nothing, thinking nothing. Time seems to stand still, but eventually... Maybe a few seconds later, maybe a few minutes, I peel my feet off the grass and steer myself back the way I came. He was loud for a long time. Too loud. I didn't like him when we were small. Then I got used to him. Then I liked him. Then I loved him. But that was kind of recent, and I hate that. Could I have been better? Would it have mattered? I walk home in the cold, sticky fall air, my heartbeat pounding in my ears, my thoughts spiral deep into the darkness of memory. I bought him a guitar book for his birthday last year. He didn't read it. He didn't even take his guitar with him. I thought he loved his guitar. Should I have wondered about the book? When he didn't even take off the shrink wrap? Was that a sign? Were there signs? I don't notice the bus until the doors open. The bus driver ignores me. There aren't any seats, so I stand at the back. The lady in the seat beside me is talking quietly on the phone. I try to listen, to distract myself. I can't focus on her voice, and my phone is dead, and anyways, my thoughts are so loud they drown out the world. David, in a bathtub, painting a bubble mustache on his face. David, on his first day of school, screaming bloody murder because his dress shirt is itchy. David, singing morbid heavy metal in his bedroom late at night. David, hanging straight-A report cards on the fridge. I don't know where I am. I got on the wrong bus, I think, and now I'm in a part of the city I've never been. Checking the map above the door, I try to find a stop name I recognize, and I come up empty. The bus stops, and I get off onto foreign soil, lost in my own goddamn hometown. 
I'm mad at myself. I should have been paying attention. I should have known better. I should have seen it coming somehow. I remember Dad's birthday four months ago. I walked in the door and they were having another fight. Something David had done that Mom didn't like. Hard to say where they'd started. Now Mom was mad about David's Metallica t-shirt. It's your father's birthday, she said. Show him some respect. You threw out all my clothes. I made eye contact with Dad across the kitchen. His face was blank. Nothing you buy is appropriate. I turned and walked back out of the house. Should I have stayed? Would it have made a difference? I was scared, I think. Not for him, but for myself. There's a convenience store across the street, so I go there. Not for any reason other than not wanting to just stand on the street feeling bad. The teenager at the counter is unimpressed by my dead phone and non-existent sense of direction, but she Googles the bus route for me anyway. I look around for something to buy because it seems like I should buy something. Maybe a map. I go over to the rotating display. Next to it, there's a freezer box with ice creams, a colorful label advertising the box's contents. They're selling SpongeBob ice cream, those stupid-looking bars that are supposed to look like a cartoon character but melt into terrifying monstrosities. David loved those. He'd hold them upside down and let them melt onto the grass so they'd distort in the worst possible ways. I buy one. It's not really ice cream weather, but it doesn't matter. There's a park down the street, so I walk there and sit on a bench. The ice cream is kind of gross. I don't remember it tasting this bad, or maybe I'm just not in the right mood for ice cream. The sky is gray and seemingly endless. Clouds reaching up and up to the heights I can't even understand. I remember... A day at the beach, long enough ago that I don't remember exactly when, the four of us went to the beach, Mom, Dad, and David, and me. Nobody was working or tired or angry. Mom sprayed us with water guns and laughed, really laughed. Dad swung David around in the air and threw him into the deep water, and David screeched with pure delight. I did a perfect dive off the swim dock, and the three of them clapped for me. On the shore, David and I built a mountain that we decorated with pebbles and blades of grass. Mom picked up one of David's action figures and made him climb the wet sand. She and Dad sat on my Hello Kitty beach towel and talked in quiet voices, shoulders touching, hands clasped. They didn't yell, not at each other, not at David or me. When David poked his hand on a stick and started crying, Dad sat him on his lap and rubbed his head. Mom kissed his finger. We stayed until it started to get cold and David got hungry. Then, an ice cream truck pulled into the parking lot. I got a chocolate one and David got a Spongebob ice cream bar. He held it upside down and laughed at the ants eating the drippings and Spongebob's stupid face and the cold ice cream that dropped onto his feet. I thought he was ridiculous, but I couldn't help but smile because he was just having so much fun. I try to remember another day like that. Sitting on this cold park bench in October, eating a gross ice cream bar as it threatens to rain, 
I can't think of one. There has to have been more than one purely happy day. Eventually, I throw out the ice cream bar. I get back on the right bus, the one that will take me home to my apartment and my cat and my Doctor Who blanket. My apartment is quiet. Nobody yells. Nobody says anything about my shirt or my grades or my life choices. If I drop something, nothing explodes. My footsteps can make as much noise as I want. At home, I make a hot chocolate and snuggle under my blanket. I keep clicking my phone, waiting for it to charge enough to use. As soon as the screen pops up, it shows ten missed calls from my mother. I call her back. My brain goes on autopilot as I tell her I'm sorry that he just ran away, that there was nothing I could do. I'll keep an eye out for him, I say. I'll try again if I see him. I hope he comes home. I don't know if he will. No, I don't mean that, Mom. Of course I don't. Of course he'll come home. He won't, though. I don't, except for birthdays and Thanksgiving and Christmas. I might stop doing that, since David won't be there. David probably doesn't know it, but he was the only reason I kept coming home. The only difference between the two of us is when I ran away, I was too old to be stopped. I wonder if that matters. Maybe it doesn't. If I see him again, I'll buy him a Spongebob ice cream. I'll lend him my guitar, and I'll tell him I'm sorry. This has been David, written by Katrina Basnet. Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manowaker to find out more. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios Director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. Thank you.